All right, hey everybody, it's Luke, and uh, you know I'm recording this, and we're just getting past the Berlin Marathon, and we're we're kind of into that swing, full swing of fall marathon season. You know, we got Twin Cities next week, Wine Glass, uh, Chicago, Detroit, all these all these races coming up, and and so it's you start. I start to see it a lot this time of year, where people who are running later fall marathons, maybe they feel pretty good and they, they want to know if they can bump up the training or um, people are just finishing results and they had a great segment and they just something happened they didn't run to what their expectations were and so uh, it just so happens that I, I came across an interesting article article from Steve Magnus the other day uh, it was a quick blog post he had up and I, and I, it was it was called how the need to prove yourself in practice can ruin your race day so I thought that as well it's Good timing. It's uh, it's uh, you see that a lot right now. So, um, is a short. It was a short post, and uh, I thought he made a couple of good points, but I was kind of left uh, wondering what else there was to it. So, um, I wanna I wanna kind of go into that, but uh, first I want to touch on what his two big conclusions were. So, I guess to start off, first he talked about he showed it. Well, he showed a couple weeks segment of workouts he was doing when he was really fit when he was when he was younger and um you know monster workouts anybody would be super impressed and you know basically the point where he thought he was gonna you know walk on water and and then he didn't perform to to what he thought he would um but uh i think we all go through that sometimes right like we're in really good shape and then it just doesn't happen and so with Steve, what he pointed out was he 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 came to two big conclusions on that, and one was that getting fit was easy, so it was pretty easy for him to get fit. Um, and then a second one was if you are sufficiently motivated, it is easy to train yourself into the ground. And these are two things I see all the time. I see people um, they can get fit pretty quickly, and they can get fit um, fairly easy. And I'll go into that a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know if easy is quite the right word. But um, you see it a lot. And then um, so if you're most of the people I coach with uh, on an individual basis, like motivation is rarely the problem. Right. Like most of my job as a coach with these people is not necessarily to motivate them. It's usually I'm usually the one pulling the reins back and trying to get them to be less aggressive rather than the other way around. Like I'm, I find, I don't find myself very often trying to get people psyched up for workouts unless not, you know, obviously people go through ebbs and flows, but for the most part, and I coach a lot of the same people for a fairly long time, that's usually not the problem. The problem is usually trying to get them to come back to earth a little bit, right. And doing it in a manner where I'm not crushing their confidence right so that's that's where I see and then you know over the rest of the article he discussed about how easy it was for co how was the coach's job to make sure that they express the fitness that they get that you gained in training in the form of quality race results so like how do we get we know we can get you fit and that's fairly easy right and I use air quotes for easy and like I said I see that a lot like I can get a person fit but then how do we express that in race results? How do we get that to be, represent uh, what 
their, you know, get a, get a time on the clock that represents what their workouts have shown us that they can do. And then he also discussed how it was kind of his own security that probably pushed him into training so hard, but not seeing the results that he wanted. So basically he was pushing himself so hard that there wasn't a lot left for the races. Right. And so in the end, he quickly touched on how his coaches, we can't just say it's mental or on that on the part of the athlete, right? Like, so they just talk themselves out of it or whatever. And I, I agree. Like you can't like, sometimes it is a, a mental thing, but I think that is taken out of the equation a lot more if they are um, well equipped to handle the, um, the issues, right? So like if they're used, if they're not used to things going wrong, then they're going to be kind of freaking out when things do go wrong in a race, which is a lot of times inevitable. And so that's like, but, but, but what physically happened, right? What can we physically fix in training to produce the results in the races that the fitness is showing that they can do? And, you know, I've honest, I've thought about this a fair amount. And I think back to um, an inside joke that we had at Hanson's when, when I was with them, where we would experience an incredible training segment and then end up with a dis- disappointing result. And, uh, you know, we'd call it leaving our race at Stony, right? So if you guys know the know Hansons at all, do the vast majority of our workouts at Stony Creek Metro Park. And so it's a, it's it's easy to do, like, and especially with this, because it was a group of anywhere from 10 to 20 guys in their 20s and early 30s who were very, very good runners and, um, you know, some of the best in the country. And so it would be very easy for workouts to get out of control, right? And so... Um, and honestly, it'd be hard. For, I mean, Kevin and Keith would do what they could because, but it, you're in a metro park on a road, and it's not like they're running with you. And can, you know, it's like they see you at every mile. But like, there's only so much they can do. And at the end of the day, we're grown men. We got to decide what we're going to do, right? And so sometimes we just wouldn't choose wisely. Um, but we would call that leaving our races stony. And so I'll give you a perfect example that I didn't. I think I've shared this story before, but I was in. Um, gosh, when was it? 2000, I say it was 2008 or 2009. I ran, so it was 2006 trust, maybe 2007 or 2008. I ran New York city marathon and I pretty much did it by myself. Uh, nobody else was doing it. They were doing other stuff. Um, and I remember we did our simulator and we did it out on the dirt roads North of Rochester um, there's some really beautiful dirt roads out there, but super hilly. Right. And so we were trying to prep for prep for New York. And I did a simulator pretty much. So I think Fred Joslin was with me and, uh, he paced me for a little bit. And then I remember Mike, I think Mike Morgan coach Mike was hurt. And so he came out there and he was, he was driving the course. And then Don was out there. Don Jackson, one of the assistant coaches was out there and Kevin and Keith were out of town. I think people were racing or something and they were out of town. So in any case, I'm pretty much solo as far as people to run with. Um, I just had to see Fred with me. And then um, I remember I ran that. And so the simulator, we did 26.2K, so r- roughly 16 miles. And I ran that 502 pace on dirt roads, hilly dirt roads by myself, with Don giving me water every little bit, <laughs> right? And I was like, dang, I'm pretty fit. I'm really fit. And so from there, that was the first of a stretch, right? So I had that one. And then we had um, – I remember we had a 10 mile tempo. It was, it was five and go. So five miles at marathon pace, five miles, just go, whatever you could do. And I remember, um, I ran 49 30 
for that 10 mile tempo. And then we did our two by six after that too. And then there was another big workout in there too. I can't remember what it was, but so basically four really big workouts in maybe a three week stretch. And I was, I got to, I got to New York and I could tell I was kind of fried, but I was like in such good shape that I'm like, uh, this is going to be no problem. Right. And so I thought I was going to do really, really well. And I went there and nothing went to plan. Right. And I think I ran 218. Um, and I was going to try, I was trying to run like under 212 for sure. And, you know, adjusting for the course, but I was like, dang, I'm going to be able to just crush this thing. I mean, I still finished 11th. So it's kind of like, it's kind of hidden in there, but it was 11th, but it was a slow 11th. And it was just really, really disappointing. But that was a perfect example of me leaving my race at Stony. Like that 10 mile tempo at 4930 at like, it was within a week of doing that, the 26.2 K at 502 pace. Right. So it was like, you know, and I just like, I went with it and I just like, Oh, this is so good. I'm so good. It's like, no, I should have just backed off and ran what I was supposed to. And, or even, you know, if I could have cut one of those workouts out, I would have, like, I probably wouldn't need to do the two by six or something like that. But, you know, it was, uh, yeah, that was a perfect example. I left, I left everything out there. I was, I was in peak shape probably a week and a half before I needed to be right. If I would have, if I would have been able to push that out another week and a half, I would have run really, really fast. So I was super fit. The race result didn't come close to showing what I was capable of doing. Right. So, all right. So getting back to. Steve's post. I mean, it was a quick post. It was only a couple paragraphs long, probably by design. I think he just wanted to get some people thinking about some stuff, but I, I, I kind of finished wishing that there was a little bit more, maybe a little bit more guidance for coaches maybe. Um, and what I wanted to see was more of a tie in from the two, the two great bullet points he made, which were getting fit is easy. And then if you're sufficiently motivated, you can easily train yourself into the ground, right? I like those two points. I believe in them wholeheartedly, but I kind of wanted to tie that back into how does that prove how does that, how does that proving ourselves in practice ruin a race day? Like that's where I want to come back. So I kind of want to just, I wanted, to, I wanted to come back and maybe take a crack at that. So, so first of all, I think the link between getting fit and easy and running, ruining my race day, how, what is that link? What is the link between that? And that's what I sat down and really thought about. And I had the conversation recently about to say, actually with, with uh, coach Alex, and we were talking about how some people are surprised when they sign up for coaching or buy a plan and they're expecting these really you know, top secret workouts. Um, and there's just, there really aren't any, there's, there's not a lot of top secret stuff out there. And I can, and I can tell you right now, like if somebody's coming to you and they say they have this revolutionary method of training or something, I can, I would put money on it that there's nothing revolutionary about it. It's probably been around for 40, 50 years, maybe longer. It's just, it was a different name back then. And it or wasn't marketed right, but I can get I can guarantee you, you can go back and find somebody who did the same thing earlier. There's not a lot of original stuff out there anymore. It's just a matter of can you market it well and can you um, put a fancy name on it and then get people to buy into it. But there, a lot of that stuff is not new. It's been around forever. Um, and so, just you know, kind of a side shoot there. But we were, but but you know, but my point is like there's not a lot of top secret stuff out there. Like the biggest thing when we talk about being consistent or like when Desi keeps talking about showing up every day, that's really as simple as it can be sometimes. Like if you can just do that over and over and over again and grind it out on the days you don't feel like doing it and, you know, managing expectations and managing workouts 
and just getting the job done. And you can do that for weeks and then months and then years at a time. The amount you will improve is so much more than if you are going through a cycle of a few really great workouts and then I have to take downtime, a few really great workouts and then I have to take a step back. Like you, it will take so much longer that second route than if you can just do a little bit and have a lot of, you know, pretty average days that nobody really wants to put on Strava or post on social media, right? And that's, that is the stone cold truth in my, in my um, opinion. Um, you know, personally, I have a saying that if I can get a healthy person to just run 40 miles a week and I can get them to do that for a few months, I can make them a pretty darn successful marathoner. Like I could, I could probably do that and get a person under four hours in the marathon pretty comfortably if I could just, if you can just do that. Right. And so that's a lot of times all you need to do, but they're, but they're sold. We're sold in these, again, social media posts and, you know, Instagram stuff and like all these people doing these crazy things, but it's like, how much longer did it take for them to get to that point unless they would have just done it a boring methodical way. Right. And without no other fancy way to put it. Right. But all right. But so, so to the point of getting fit is easy. I mean, it really is fairly easy again, using the air quotes, but I guess, you know, I guess maybe easy isn't the right word because you still have to do the work and the work is not necessarily easy, right? Like doing long runs isn't necessarily easy. Doing tempo runs is definitely not overly easy, but the process is simple and simple is probably the better word, right? It's a simple process. Like if you, like with you look at the Hanses Marathon method, if Tuesday you do this and Thursday you do that and Sunday you do this and you can do that over and over and over again, you're going to get pretty fit. There's nothing top secret about that, right? Um, so like I said, the process of getting fit is, is relatively simple. If you can be consistent and do a little bit of work across the spectrum of paces, then you can get pretty fit after a few months. And where this relates to ruining your race day is when we try to take simple and make it complicated by focusing too much on data, on metrics, doing fancy workouts, um, workouts that don't really have any bearing on what you're trying to accomplish, or it's just too much for what you're trying to accomplish or where you're currently at. And that's not to say you don't necessarily need to do those ever. It's just, does it match up where you're currently at? The level of training that you're currently doing, does it require this crazy workout that you saw on social media? Chances are probably not, right? Like if that workout's not gonna make or break what you're gonna be capable of in, in, in a marathon, right? Um, now, several of those workouts over several years, maybe that's a different story, but in this case, probably not. Um, but you wouldn't believe how many times I have simply taken an athlete, comes to us, uh, they've maybe tried the plan in the book and it hasn't quite worked, or they've done other, they've done other coaches or they've gone, they've made the carousel around the, all the different online coaches and they come to us and they're like, I don't know what else to do. And so simply taking them and instead of maybe doing a Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, maybe even just doing a Tuesday, Friday, Sunday thing and spacing out workouts more or just moving down to five days a week um, or going from six workouts every two or two weeks to four to five every two weeks and see how much they improve in a single single segment, right? Like I, I had a woman who came to me and I, I, she came to me and she, she, had, she had tried the plan in the book. She tried she, everything. It seemed like she'd gone through every coach and that just hadn't, hadn't worked out. All I simply did was I looked at what she was trying to run. I looked at what she was training and I'm like, you're just training too hard. You're doing too much for what you're trying to accomplish. And I see that I, I talk about this all the time where like 
if somebody's not su successful, what's the first thing they do? They, they want to add more to it. Like they think I'm not training hard enough, so I need to train harder. And, and so I spent one segment with her and I said, okay, instead of, you know, cramming all these workouts in every week, let's space these out. And maybe, you know, like I said, do instead of doing six every two weeks, instead of doing Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, every week, let's do Tuesday, Friday, Sunday, and then the next week do like Wednesday, Saturday, something like that, right? And so we've spaced that out a little bit. We've allowed the body to recover. Mileage was relatively the same, but just allowing her to recover more, she went from like 345 in a marathon to like 325 in one segment, right? And it was just, she it was always there. Like it was always there. It was just, it was never... She was so broken down by the time she got to race that there was nothing left for the race, right? And now that is that is how that ties in, right? If we take the simple, make it complicated, and try to do more than what we need to, then a lot of times there's just nothing left for the race. And so that's how it ruins, ruins our race day. All right. So the second part, this and this kind of ties into the second part as well, which is that if you're motivated, it's quite, quite possible to run yourself into the ground. Um, and there's a lot to this. For one, I would say that the vast majority of people I work with, regardless of ability, they know how to work hard, right? And, and probably do too hard of work on certain workouts, right? They like if 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 good is if good is good, better is better, right? And that's not always the case, right? Um, if fast is good, faster is better, you know, those types of things. It's it, it and it ties. This also ties into the first one because it's it's easy to get fit and then they feel good and then they push it even harder when all they need to do is kind of stay where they're at and they and continue to progress week after week. They would have been much better off. But um, and then we we do that and we make things harder than they need to be, especially early in the segment. Like if we're pushing too hard in the segment, we end up putting too much of ourselves in training and there's nothing left for the race. So like one one analogy I've heard is that we're like a well, right? Like a, like a, a, a water well. Um, there's a finite amount of performances we have in our well. Every time we dip into that well to have a performance that is above what is required for the day, we pull from that well, right? Uh, and we do that too many times, there's not enough left in the well on race day, right? The well's dry. Now, of course, that doesn't mean no workouts should be hard. Like, you know, some workouts are meant to be a come to Jesus moment, right? Like, holy cow, this is going to be intense, right? Some days you need to just have one of those workouts, right? Um, but we're talking about one to two times a segment, right? We're not talking every Thursday on that temple run, you need to be on the ground crying to your mama because you went so deep into the well, right? That's not, that's not how it should be. Um, the vast majority of your workouts should really be average, right? They don't have to be great. Hopefully they're not all bad, just somewhere in the middle, right? Like not like, and, and, and again, I, I hate to harp on the, on the social media thing, but I think, and I get caught up in this too. Like I'll have a great workout. It's like, man, I just got to go on Strava. I got to, I got to share that Strava screen. Cause I got to get some likes. I got to get some new followers. Right. And like, and it's like, but that's so little of what, is actually making the training go well, right? Like that's a culmination of things being average for a long time. And then once in a while you get a great day, right? Uh, so yeah, it's it's hard and I get it. I totally understand it. Um, but yeah, so I think, uh, like I said, overall workout should just be really described as average. Um, I felt average. I was able to bounce back, do the next workout when I needed to. It felt average, you know, those types of things. Your week should be boring, sprinkled with a workout that didn't go particularly well for no apparent reason. It just didn't go well. And then even more seldom 
you have a workout there were things clicked and you just had to blow out the pipes on that big old supercharged aerobic engine you built right and that's that's fine too right and you have to just sometimes you just need that confidence booster i get it and and you do it but you just don't do it all the time right like not like if you don't have one for a month not a big deal if things are pretty average for a month and you know things aren't bad you're hitting your workouts but there's nothing great that's not a bad place to be in guys it's not a bad it's it's okay it's that's that's a lot of times in that mundane is where the, the magic is happening. All right. So why do I say have some bad workouts? And obviously, obviously not a string of poor performing workouts. Like you don't want to go like two, three weeks where workouts just progressively get worse and worse and worse, right? Like that's not a good sign either. But every once in a while, metaphorically, not physically, <laughs> you should get punched in the mouth. And why do I say that? I say that because if you get punched in the mouth in a workout and you're like, crap, what happened? What's going on? And you can make those adjustments either, you know, whatever you do, like if, you know, you, like there was only a couple of times I got pulled from workouts once in a, once in a, I would say two or three times over 15 years, I got pulled from a workout from Kevin and would I suffer? Oh, absolutely. But I always felt like I needed one workout where I just got punched in the mouth on the workout. Like I knew I was okay. I knew I was fit, but I just, for whatever reason on the one day, like I get, I would get dropped. It would not go well. It would be way over my head for what I needed for the day. And I think Kevin realized and he let me suffer. He'd let me suffer through that. You know, obviously if it kept happening then there was something going on, but that one time he would just let it happen. Cause he knew like, like, okay, now, okay. You're not, you're not as fit as you think you are. And then you still have a lot of work to do. Let's just, let's just stay on track here. Right. And so I, I, I was thinking about that. Like it just, not a lot, but every once, every once in a while. Right. And so, um, but what I said, you get punched in the mouth. How do you bounce back from that? Right. Like do you push through the workout. Do you adjust and just adjust the paces and try to do what you can? Do you modify what you're doing on the fly or do you just give up? Right. Like if you just give up, that's probably not good either you can adjust and finish the workout, get something out of it. Um, but yeah, so like if that happens every once in a while, that's not a bad thing because you learn a lot about yourself. And then I hate to tell you, but like at some point things aren't going to go your way. And I would say we talk about the, the races where everything goes well. It's like a, that's a unicorn experience, right? Not a, not a Boston thing. It's just a, it's a unicorn in terms of it happens very rarely where everything just goes your way. And when you get those days, you thank God for them, right? But when 99% of the time, it's not going to happen. Like you're going to have to figure something out during the race. And so if you've never had to do that during the workouts, you're in a position where it's pretty easy to freak out. And then you don't know what you're going to do. You don't know what you're capable of. You don't know what your mindset's going to be. And so that's not bad. Like you can learn a lot from a really bad workout as much as you can from a really good workout, sometimes even more. So that's, that's what I'm saying on that. But at the end of the day, the vast majority of your training um, should be pretty boring. Like I said, we can take, um, we can take something and shake it up and now, up now and then maintain the purpose of what we're trying to accomplish. Like my bad. I mean, like, like if you're bored just doing tempo runs every Thursday, yeah, we can shake that up. We can break those up into three by three, Four, three, two, one is what I give it. Like there's different things you can do. We could even put it into the long run and make that long run a little extra spicy for you. 
I mean, there's a lot of stuff we can do to shake things up, but the purpose of what we're doing is not changing, right? The philosophy hasn't changed at all. It's just the, the lipstick is a different color this time, right? And so um, don't, those are, don't confuse those two things. But the, but the secret is that there is no secret. And that it's just a lot of people don't, they don't want to do it or they can't wrap around their head that it's that simple of a process, right? And so, um, you know, and I, I'll be honest, I've looked at I've looked at the logs of Greg Meyer. He, he shared his logs with us before he went to Boston. I've seen Bill Rogers' logs. I've seen a lot of people's logs that are really successful, way more successful than I ever was. And their training is boring. Like you look at it and you're like, they ran 208? He won Boston? There's nothing out here that says, oh man, there, the guy's ready to roll, right? Like, and that's, that's what everybody's like, man, they're waiting for that secret, that one workout that's going to get the job done. And it's not the one workout, guys. It's, it's, it's all of them. It's all of them in a big old mixing pot. Um, so to end, I think, so for me, the, the, if you can do the following, I think you'll see performances that are much more in line with what your fitness is indicating. And you'll be able to do that on a much more regular basis. It won't be as sporadic as it is for some people. Um, so one, be really good at the basic stuff and never get too far away from those basics. I'm talking about just generally easy mileage, building a solid volume, um, not overdoing work the workout paces, things like that. Most of your workouts should be pretty, the second thing, most of your workouts should be pretty boring. It should be allowing you to focus on the basics, right? So we're not focusing on all this jazzy stuff. We're focusing on... Uh, an extension of a basic process of training and most of our workouts should be just an extension of that and be fairly boring. Um, I pretty, you know, I get it. Some people come back, like, man, it's just so boring. We do the same thing. Like, I personally like that. Like, I don't know about you, but I, I personally like just boring stuff. Like maybe just cause I'm boring, but um, I like having a set schedule and I like knowing what I'm doing on each day. And then you can go back and look at how that compared to what you did the last time, right? And so um, I, I, I just kind of like that. But all right, so three, uh, a couple of workouts of segments should be ones that where you really test the current limits. And hopefully you can show you show yourself that you can hit that level, right? If you can hit that level in a workout, you can hit that level in a race. And then four, uh, a, couple, a couple of workouts should punch you in the mouth, metaphorically, again, and force you to make uh, game time decisions on whether you adjust, you give up, or you push through and do as much as you can as far as you can, right? And I think you, yeah, if you have those every once in a while, it's not a bad thing. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about how you, your mind will react and what you can do to kind of get through a rough patch. Because a lot of times, especially in a marathon, like you might hit that rough patch and you're like thinking, oh man, this is not going to go well. And then you manage it for 10 minutes and then it's gone and then you're back and you're settling back into rhythm and stuff like that so um you can't just panic and expect the whole race to go that way if you can adjust a lot of times you can kind of work through those bad patches and then get back on on track right but if you can do those four things i i, I promise you that you can leave your races at the race instead of at stony or uh lane one of the workout track whatever the case is you're not leaving your races in training you're leaving enough in the well that you'll have something to draw upon in the race and, and, and be successful on race day. So um, keep that well full enough with reserves needed to complete and compete. So, all right, so that's it. But that is, you see that a lot with how, what we're doing in training, we don't, we can, we a lot of times consider training harder. We're trying to prove ourselves. 
trying to prove to teammates, whatever the case is, prove the coaches that we're, we're fit. And a lot of times, um, that's not the case, right? All we're doing is drawing from that well and not leaving enough in reserve for race day where we can't truly race to what our, our fitness level currently is. So hopefully that helps some of you. Thanks for listening. I will talk to you later. All right, bye-bye.